understand that that pipelines distribute the oil to markets and they have to be protected militarily and that's where the military comes in and they also have to get approval financial approval and that's where you know big banks come in they they will not support a pipeline project where there are areas of instability so the military has to go in there and create stability for the, the oil to, to flow. On the question of being in the ground, yes, you're absolutely right. Another example of that is uh, why, why if the U.S. had a lot of oil um, during World War II, and why then did they go to the Middle East? Well, and also in your in your guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, but in your own books, you all write about this in Latin America, how in they Latin basically America. they stopped, well, they capped them. That's that's it. That's where I was going. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I thought, I I'm sorry. I hadn't come up. I hadn't. I was talking about America. You're absolutely right. They capped the wells in Latin America, and they focused on the Middle East. Well, why would that be? All you have to do is look at a map. There's the giant bear hovering over the Middle East, and that would be Russia, the Soviet Union, because it was so much closer to these valuable oil supply, they um, figured that they better get over there. So part of the game is indeed just to control the, um, the oil in the Middle East, make sure that Russia doesn't get it. And that's going on to this day. Even even the whole situation with Ukraine, I mean, it, it's so obvious now, but in the past, it's been greatly uh, covered up. And the reason is because oil is considered a national security issue. It's, it's still the fuel, the primary fuel of the military, which, uh, you know, the Pentagon and its war machine consumes huge amounts, huge amounts of, of oil more than any other country. And so that's why it, it continues to be a national security concern. It's just that like with the war in Ukraine, it, it's so now out in the open, they can hardly avoid it because uh, of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Uh, if you want to get into that, that immediately alerted me to the fact that I, I, called, I called it out at at the beginning, I called it out a year ago, saying that the war in Ukraine could be the mother of all energy wars. And now we're in this very, very dangerous situation where, you know, you, you've got major powers allying with each other. You know, it, it reminds people of World War One. Uh, a spark could set it off. And now you've got major nuclear powers. Um, facing each other, so it's a scary situation. And and what 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 the U.S. did is um, they got Germany to stop the um, certification of the Nord Stream two pipeline. That was the first sanction that happened after the invasion. And um, so I thought that was very significant. And by the way, I researched that pipeline. And um, there were efforts going back several several years to prevent that pipeline going through because what was it doing? It was supplying uh, Europe with forty percent of its energy needs through Russia, and the and the natural gas was cheaper. Yeah. So that was threatening American oil companies uh, and natural sorry natural gas companies uh, who wanted a foothold in the area 
and lo and behold, uh, once the um, once the invasion of Ukraine started, uh, the natural gas frackers uh, started shipping their natural gas to Europe, and it's been a boon for them actually. And now Europe has had to create NLG uh, terminals in order uh, to offload the natural gas. And meanwhile, everyone's scrambling around, making sure that they have enough energy supplies. And there's a whole series of pipelines that run through uh, Ukraine. They were Russian built and Russian supply. And, and what the US and their NATO allies are trying to do is find alternatives, alternative routes. And of course that involves largely uh, pipelines. So you people can read more about that. I set up a website called followthepipelines.com and the maps are there, the commentary is there. And um, Cy Hirsch, glad that he's made his contribution uh, of, on what was behind the sabotage of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Uh, but of course, I go back farther in history to show that it wasn't just recently that the U.S., um, wanted to stop it, but it, it goes back several years. And then I started to look at, uh, well, what role does uh, Ukraine play uh, with regard to the great game? Uh, is there a lot of uh, natural gas in Ukraine? I come to find out that it's the major, it's the, it's the, it has the major, they're untapped, but reserves uh, in Europe. Uh, if you discount Russia as being part of Europe. And so then you, then you look at Ukraine and, and you find its proximity to the Caspian Sea. And there have been uh, major figures, including Dick Cheney, by the way, uh, who, who were looking at the Caspian Sea as uh, the new Middle East because they discovered copious amounts of oil and natural gas in the Caspian Sea and in the Black Sea, by the way, both of them. And of course, this is never, this was never discussed in the press, but I learned that, that during, during the Obama administration um, with Joe Biden as vice president, uh, turns out he was uh, encouraging um, the uh, major Ukrainian natural gas company called, guess what, Burisma, to go and explore uh, in the eastern regions of Ukraine for the natural gas there. And my, my theory is that that's why there is so much fighting and focus uh, in eastern Ukraine, because there's a bonanza of natural gas there. And once again, it's the great game. They're going against each other. Uh, everyone says it's a proxy war. It is a proxy war, but it's a proxy energy war. I mean, I, I get I get the uh, nationalist aspirations of Russia. I, I understand that I think Putin's pretext for going in there, you know, you always need a pretext for for doing for, for doing a war, right? Um, because mothers aren't going to let their kids go off to war as soldiers if they're doing it for oil companies or for energy. So you always have to come up with a pretext. And so both sides do it, all sides do it. And, uh, you know, the United States is, is protecting democracy and the Russians uh, want to regain the great, the great empire. 
Uh, and, and it's true in a way. I mean, that that's definitely what Putin is driving home and apparently is, is getting a fair amount of support of restoring um, the great uh, Soviet empire, you could say. So well, he, anyway, he can't, he can't really Russia. restore. I, I don't know that he'll restore the... I think in Ukraine, the 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 most the maximalist goals that he may have there would be to, if you've seen the map of the 2010 election, the one that the U.S. overthrew, basically, if you look at that, the parts that went for the the sort of neutral slash vaguely Russian friendly ca- uh, candidate who won the election, uh, all it go, that's Odessa, the Donbass, Crimea, all of those areas. I think those may end up being eventually, which would take them right up to Transnistria as well. That may end up be being what is what the the way that Russia, you know, ends this war, and then the rest would be kind of this landlocked, um, you know, uh, country of Bandera supporters and so on. And they won't be they won't have access to the Black Sea, and it would be more or less in line with how the people voted in 2010, and the U.S. overthrew that that election. Um, but and there's besides the oil issues, which I think are, you know, I think, as you point out, the oil transit issues and perhaps the oil, the, the hydrocarbons that are deposited in Ukraine as well in the Black Sea. There's also the issue of it being the only uh, access to uh, the only warm water port, really, that the Soviets have uh, and the only access to the Mediterranean and the Middle East. I mean, I think part of the reason that Brzezinski wrote about how Ukraine is so important uh, for Russia, we can see with the Syria operation because that a lot, you know, there's a there's a naval base at Syria. You don't need that. That's unnecessary if Russia doesn't even have access to the Black Sea or uh, very much and or Crimea. So there's like it's it's really a geopolitically pivotal area, not for oil, but for a bunch of other reasons as well for Russia. So I I, I think that's why the U.S. focused on it. They knew. I mean, you can read that in the WikiLeaks cables. They all knew or read Brzezinski from 1997. They all knew that Ukraine was this enormously important red line for for Russia in terms of, you know, geopolitics and national security. Uh, and so they that's where they went. They spent billions on that in the years leading up to Maidan. Uh, well, I'm glad you you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned Brzezinski, who was a master of the great game. He he he, you know, he lured Russia into Afghanistan and created uh, their own Vietnam. He did that very successfully. And um yeah, and then you have to look at who Brzezinski is, of course. And I, I would—he was a national security advisor for Carter, I believe. Um, but also, he was very close to David Rockefeller. I mean, he's a, he's a trilateral, them, trilateral yeah, commission. Yeah, they—they they formed the the trilateral commission. And as as we pointed out in our our Rockefeller book, "Thy Will Be Done." Um, you know, the 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 Rockefellers were were just the major, major creators of empire during the 20th century. And it was because largely of their control of oil. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.